Well, I might pray, and it's really good that we can be together. I feel like over the next few months there's a lot of uncertainty, but trying to maintain our union with Christ is really important in these times. That's the big message that's coming for me. So I might just pray and, uh, yeah, let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the, the beauty of these moments where we can just pause from the craziness of the world at the moment and deliberately and intentionally seek you. And we're told that if we reach out to you, you reach out to us. So we're going to reach out to you today, Lord. We're going to seek you. We're going to try to put aside our light and momentary troubles, put aside our anxieties, our fears, our distractions, and look to you. And Lord, it doesn't matter today if our mind wanders back and forth, but just keep bringing us back, Lord. Bring us back to the truth of your words, the truth of the messages that you will have for us through each other. Uh, and I pray, Father, that wherever Christians meet, whether it's virtually or whether it's in, uh, in a little groups like this, that their hearts would really be drawn to you and into oneness with you, Lord. And we just think of the psalm that says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. So we pray that you would keep us in that cycle of ever diminishing fear. When we're afraid, we come to you. When we're anxious, we come to you. And, and over time, Lord, we learn more and more to become circumstanceless in our faith. Just as Paul did, who could say, I've learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. Teach us that as well, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. This morning I went for a ride and took a bit longer than what I thought. Came up the old Echo Valley hill there. And on one of the hills I saw some dude that wasn't that one and he was struggling as well. And I said, yeah, this is a hard hill, isn't it? And he goes, yeah, sure is. He goes, good luck. I go, yeah, thanks. I said, it's a bit like life really, isn't it, sometimes? <laughs> and he goes, yes, yes, it is. And so I got thinking and... Yeah. It wasn't that hard then, was it? Yeah, no. no, it was hard. You know how you put it on a bit, just act normal and then get a, out of your shot. Like, <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah, I thought I'd record it and share it with other people. Yeah, is that all right? Sorry. You, yeah. All what we're saying. Oh, I may or not pick you up. It's not important what you say. It's more important what I say. <laughs> no, I'm not sure whether I'll pass it on yet to other people out here. We'll see. Um, so I picked up a few rocks along the way and then I washed them in hot soapy water and then I stuck them in the sun so I know they're COVID friendly. But you've touched them. No, I haven't. I haven't touched them since I put them in the water. Yeah. And so they've been sitting in the sun on my windshield. That's where they were sitting. Yeah, which you washed. (laughs) Um, I don't have tongs. I'm assuming we're getting one. I can drop you one. Take them into the lid. Oh, yeah. The bottom of the container has been Well, that was on the windshield, though. <laughs> hey, if you, if you grab them carefully and don't touch the other ones. <laughs> so, so I'm going to give you a demo. Um, no, you're not eating them. <laughs> so I want, I want you to take these. These are... These are, I've called them, I'm not going to put it back in, babe. Boy, like, these are highly unlikely to have, these are highly unlikely to have coronavirus on them. These are, like, 
I'm calling them LAMTs, lamps, light and momentary troubles. And what I want you to do, some people don't have shoes, but I just, just for the rest of the service, just take one and put it in your shoe. Just leave it there, okay? Or if you don't have a shoe, get a little one and put it under your watch. And just leave it there for the service. You're wasting a wipe. That was like... No, I'll hand it out. I don't know where you are. Oh, okay. Like, just because I mention it, like, how about the seat? The seat hasn't been wiped down. I should have got you to get the light and momentary troubles. Oh no, now we're like obsessing. The OCD's coming out. So, so, yeah, just put it in your shoe. Most interesting is going to be most annoying. Or, I don't know, if you don't have a shoe or a watch to put it under, put it in your pocket. No, somewhere you can feel it, where it's not, it's not like crippling, but it's annoying. You can feel it. You know, like you would have walked, done walks before and you've had a, sh a rock in your shoe or a little rock and you're like, oh, if it's a big hiking boot, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to take my whole boot off, unlace it, find the little rock or find the little, little stick or whatever it is that's in there. So you'll probably just notice that light and momentary trouble. Just... Yeah, but it's so annoying, isn't it, over time? Anyway, I'll just leave that there for now, if that's all right. So if from today you remember nothing else, then remember the first two lines of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Or I saw another version that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. So just keep that in mind. What do we know about Psalm 23? Who? Yeah, the first, we know the first two lines. <laughs> Well done, Nicole. You were probably were you like the nerdy person at school, or were you the like were you the one that answered all the questions? Of the... Me? It was never me. I'll just I'll just read it. Uh, maybe we can even close our eyes as I read it, and just remember as well. This is this is written by David, who often was fleeing through deserts with Saul, his enemies in pursuit, and so when he talks about lying down in green pastures, just think what is he talking about here? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I, I was thinking it'd be a good challenge with maybe a bit more time on our hands if you haven't memorised that psalm to memorise it. I think it'd probably be one of the most famous parts of the Bible, maybe even more so than John 3.16. You often hear it at all sorts of funerals and places like that. It's a pretty amazing psalm. And for me... I think over the last few weeks and months with different things going on, those first two words in particular, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. That's just what I wanted to talk about a little bit today and maybe have a discussion about because um, I just think that the most important thing that we can do is draw close to God, let him shepherd us, and then whatever wants that we have around this whole COVID thing and other concerns, as it says there, I shall not be in want.
It's funny in a way because like we've sung those lyrics many times, but when there's like sort of a real threat, um, I've noticed in my life anyway with the Bible and other things, suddenly the words kind of can grip your mind and your heart all at the same time. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden they have just such a deep and rich meaning. Look, even that, I'm glad we sang that again, till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. You know, what does that look like uh, for us as Christians in this world now? In the power of Christ I'll stand. And we're going to talk a lot today, hopefully, about union with Christ and oneness with Christ and being shepherded by Christ and, and, and all those things. But, you know, also we're called to be salt and light so to people that don't have that power of christ within um so as we as we're praying i know there's a lot of things you know obviously camille's mom um you know we've all got our own prayer needs and this is an awesome time for this covid stuff to develop your prayer life with god uh, develop that dynamic prayer life with god you know in the day-to-day the moment by moment that almost prayer attitude but Let's just uh, slide into a time of prayer. And then at the end of the time of prayer, I think we can share some stuff and, and or we can stop, start. doesn't matter. But let's just really be praying. I know Scott Morrison has sent out a request to all churches to pray. And I think people, you may, may want to take this up, but a lot of people are praying at 7 p.m. every day for 19 minutes. COVID-19. So that might be something else that you could do. Might be a good little fixture in the day to actually... Just get together as a family or whatever and, you know, just stop and pause. I think that's important. And I don't see why we can't pray for a vaccine or why we can't pray for God to really intervene and turn aside the pestilence. Yeah. So let's have that time of prayer together and I'll start. And, and then, like I said, if you want to stop and start and things that come to mind, please do so. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Lord, even now I could feel different wants on the periphery of that thought. Different concerns, different anxieties. But your word says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. I pray that this would be a reality for this little church and a reality for each and every one of us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Lord, I pray that that would be a living reality and it would flow out into other people's lives. We may not be able to meet in the future, but we can still be present, whether it's via the phone or via text or other means. We can still be present. Help us to be present in this world as you've called us to be, to hold out that word of life. And may that originate in this relationship and union that we have with you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I pray that that would be the governing thought in our minds and the thought that we can run back to even through this service and as wants come to mind we will remember that you will shepherd us through each of them it might be about the disease it might be about loved ones it might be about food toilet paper (laughs) might be about so many wants that are all around us and yet your word says the lord is my shepherd i shall not be in want and that was written by a guy who knew what it was to want and to need And yet somehow through it all, he found satisfaction in you. So much of that is all through your word. And so much of it is so important for us now, not just to have in our heads, but to have in our hearts and to have in our hands and our feet and all through us that's lived out, I pray. So yeah, speak to us now, move amongst us and help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Mm. What we might do, we'll just walk our way just for just a few minutes through the psalm. But even with our light and momentary troubles in our shoe, 
Hey, we can still pray, can't we? Yeah, we can still sing. We sang some songs before. It'd be prefer not to have a light and momentary trouble, prefer not to have the, the, sh the, the thing in our shoe. But we still get to choose, hey, we still get to choose what we do about that. Yeah, you can still walk up that mountain if you really had to, even with that light and momentary trouble. So, no, it's actually hurting. It's like, look, it's left a big mark. Look, see, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm suffering here from my light and momentary trouble. How's your light and momentary trouble going? <laughs> just a little one. So we're just talking about how we can still sing, we can still read, we can still get on with life. It is a bit of a pain though, isn't it? The old light and momentary trouble. Yeah, I've just really started noticing it myself. So uh, we've got this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Do you think David had a few troubles in his life? So let's dig deep into our well of biblical knowledge. What were some of the troubles that David had? Yeah. He, yeah, his brothers didn't like him a whole heap. I don't know, your youngest brother and all your brothers are off fighting. Maybe you want to fight as well. But now he's just at home, like, looking after sheep. Yeah, so that would have been a trouble. What other troubles do you think he would have had? In the looking after the sheep, he talks about, you know, cold nights and being exposed to the elements, those kind of troubles. So have you ever thought, you know, when you, when you read the psalm, you just tend to read it. But have you ever thought and put it in that context of a guy that, you know, might have been around a, a campfire or exposed to the elements? frustrated because his brothers are at war or a guy that was being chased you know not just for months but for years uh, living with that fear living with that anxiety you know his his rock in his shoe was or his sandal whatever he was wearing was massive you know and just went on and on and on you would think you would think he would not be writing psalms like this and then like you said all the guilt of the whole Uriah thing the kingdom being ripped away from him the all the intrigues, you know, political intrigues, the, the worrying. And so then he writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. We don't know exactly when he wrote this, so we don't know at what point in his life, but I can guarantee it was at a point where he was not trouble free. <laughs> and so you read, you know, verse two, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. You know, if you think about that fear and anxiety and those troubles that he had, it's sort of almost like it's taking from your soul, like it's tearing, tearing at your soul, like it's taking bits away from your soul. But then as David moves into this relationship with the Lord as his shepherd, he says, that's restorative today that I feel is really important with this COVID-19 thing is we can easily find relief, but is it restoration? So say, you, say you're a bit worried about COVID, you go, let's binge watch Netflix, because that's what we tend to do. Or let's go shopping, maybe you won't do that so much. Let's eat chocolate, let's drink, let's have beers, and, you know, let's reach for that bottle, let's do those things. None of those are bad, like, they're actually blessings, but when they become, for us, this sense of relief, the question that has to be asked is, does it restore your soul? Does it? Like, so say you just, I don't know, eat a whole bunch of chocolate. How do you feel after that? Yeah, you, and you, you, your body kind of reacts a bit, you feel, or if you drink a heap, or even if you binge watch Netflix, you just, at the end of it, you don't necessarily feel better. And in some cases, you actually feel worse. And so I think what's really important is to, when you see this, it's like, he restores my soul, is ask, what does that actually look like? Because he doesn't take away the troubles of David. What he does is he moves into close companionship. And I love, there's an ancient Christian commentary here from about AD 300. I can't remember one of the church fathers, but he basically says, when the shadow gets darker, the Lord draws closer. So these are church fathers that were persecuted, you know, had terrible times for many of them. And they knew what it was to have God restore their souls. And so I really want us to make it our pledge and our 
pilgrimage almost or our pursuit through COVID-19 is to, Lord, what is it? Show me, ask him in just in a natural way in prayer to go, what is it that's going to restore my soul? So I know, I know for me, there are lots of little things. Definitely in the word, quiet time, close the door, pray, that's restorative to your soul. Going for a walk, praying, that's restorative. These are things that I find restorative, but what is restorative for you? And it doesn't hurt to have relief, but just don't think that that's going to restore your soul. It doesn't restore your soul necessarily. So is, does that sound fair? Does that sound about right? He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the, I like this because it doesn't say he guided me. It's actually present right now. He's guiding me. So through this COVID-19, the reason that there's a lot of fear and a lot of people in want is because it's uncharted territory. People have never seen the economy do this. They've never seen this kind of disease where schools and everything are being closed down. It's all uncharted territory, just like it would have been for David when he's told hey, you're going to be king one day. And then next thing it's like, oh, that sounds cool. And then next minute he's being chased by Saul. He's in, you know, you can read all the stories there. David's memory is he guides, he did guide me, but he's guiding me now. And so what would that look like? You know, when you don't have the answers or you're worried, again, the start of the psalm is the Lord is my, my shepherd, I shall not be in want. So it's just a simple prayer will guide me. What, what does it mean? You know, do I need to rush and buy heaps of toilet paper? I actually think it's that it's that detailed in terms of Lord, would you guide me, teach me, teach me in the present how I'm to respond to this COVID thing. Teach me. You know, there's all these, there's all these memes and they're super funny, and there's all these blogs and there's all these articles coming out, and it's just early days. And I reckon a lot of them are going to fade away. To really now determine within our hearts, because we still get to choose even with our light and momentary trouble. You know, that gnawing anxiety that we might have or the fear. We still get to choose and go, well, I want to pursue you. Teach me now what this means. Teach me how I'm going to get through each day, how I'm going to actually share with other people, how I'm going to look after my family or whatever. Does that sound fair too? And, and again, that's so good. Thanks, Addy, because that's actually, again, that active teach me. And you'll see it all through the Psalms. Psalm 25 is a classic. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. God be in your truth because my hope is in you all day long. So the next bit, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And again, this is that idea of when it gets darker, the Lord draws nearer. So that valley of the shadow of death, if you look in David's life, that was a literal valley of the shadow of death where Saul had caught up to him. There was many times and, and they're in that valley and then, you know, David's on one side, Saul's on the other. I'm almost positive that's like an image that he has in his mind as he writes that. And then he turns it into a bit of a metaphor for life, which is when we feel the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear. And that rod and staff, I know it can be taken to be that kind of disciplining rod. And a lot of people have used it that way. But the original sense is actually protection. That's what the rod and staff did. So as, as you go through the valley of the shadow of death, there's all these unknowns. The Lord draws near and now you're, you are in his overwatch kind of you are in i'm trying to remember the military term yeah if you move close to the lord then his rod and staff are now you're now in that protective zone so he can smash things for you that's that's the idea here and david again was you talk about lions and bears and things like that back in palestine in those days those animals still got around that area he would use it to to defend the sheep even though i walk through the valley of covid19 i'll fear no evil for you're with me your rod and your staff they comfort me. The reason they comfort is because you're in the protective zone now. That image, the still waters, the quiet pastures, and then you've got this next thing. It's like, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And think about that. That's quite a paradox, really. Well, how, how could you, in the presence of your enemies, prepare a table? Again, I think it's this idea that when you are 
in that comfort zone with God and you're in that relational intimacy with him, you can literally sit in the presence of your enemies because once again, God is with you and God prepares, gives you what you need, gives you sustenance, gives you nourishment, gives you everything your soul needs. And this idea of then being anointed with oil, the cup overflowing, surely goodness and mercy or goodness and love is actually the original, will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here's a question. It says here, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is probably the next bit. So we've got the relief versus restoration. These are more practical things. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So think about that. Like he's talked about the Lord being his shepherd, the Lord being his companion. And then he says, that's where I want to stay. I want to stay right there. I want to dwell there forever. Where else in the Bible does someone say you need to dwell? He doesn't quite use that word depending on your version of the Bible. Yes, that's it. So John 15, he says, abide in me. Another word for that, and the original word actually, if you were to go back to Hebrew times, is dwell in me. Literally, make your house with me. Just like I will dwell in the house of the Lord. So Jesus is actually, I think, in a way, tying into all those images of people coming into God's presence. And he's saying, now I want you to stay in my presence. So your big goal in this whole COVID-19 thing is union with God, union with Christ, oneness with Christ restorative oneness with Christ. So whenever you have that oneness with Christ and you really feel it, it's going to restore your soul. It's going to be like that. Jesus calls it a stream of living water. It's not a pond that goes down, down, down in the drought. It's a stream. It's a spring that just keeps flowing in, restoring, restoring, restoring. Even though you might have a light and momentary trouble, if your soul is being restored, you can keep powering on. So a really practical thing as well as when fear or anxiety comes is just to go, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And then Whatever the want is, you think about what's happening at the moment, a lot of the fear is around want. I want my toilet paper. I know, I know it's become such a joke, but there's a fear that you're not going to have enough toilet paper. There's a fear that you're not going to have enough food. There's a fear that you're not going to have health anymore. These are all wants. There's a fear that we're gonna, we might lose people. These are all wants. But the Lord is saying, I'm your shepherd. You shall not be in want. It's very similar where Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So Christians all through history have really struggled. They've had pestilence, famines, plagues, droughts, persecutions. And yet these bold words of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, have often restored their souls, literally those very words. So if you just turn and then we'll finish with this to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. So really quick, we talked about David. What were some of the light and momentary troubles that Paul had? Jail many times. He had a thorn in his side, which we preached on a while ago, but it was something that really caused him a lot of distress, a lot of anxiety, and probably a physical thing. Yep. He was. At a, yes, he was on the island. Yep, he was. He was. Which was after what, Atticus? Do you remember what happened? How did he? How did he get bitten of a snake? Yeah. Well, he just come off a ship, so he just survived a shipwreck where they were like tossed about on the sea for many, many nights. They're all hungry, scared, terribly frightened. And then God came to him in a dream and said, "You or a vision kind of thing." He said, "You're going to be saved. Don't worry. Everyone will be saved. The ship will be lost." And so he, he got on, on the beach and they go, oh, we're all a bit cold. Let's make a fire. And they're like, oh, phew, fire. Next thing, snakes on his arm bit him. And everyone, yeah. And you know what all the soldiers and stuff said? Oh, well, wow. all the people from the island, they said, well, he must have done something terrible and the gods have got him back. So he escaped from the sea, but now destiny or fate has caught up with him. And you know what happened to Paul? Nothing. He shook it off. <laughs> he just shook it off and then just kept doing what he was doing. So that was, yeah, so that was a trouble that he had. What other troubles did he have? He, he was beat up many times. 
he was he was hit with rocks to the point where everyone thought he was dead he was whipped yeah dealing with the guilt of his past where he tried to kill christians and had killed christians and he was that's right addy he was thrown out of the city many times beat up on church politics church politics yeah so the, the thing is is when you read these words now and we've got a few of our own troubles we have to realize that all these words are written by a guy who really knew what it was to suffer and in philippians and i'd encourage you this week to maybe spend some time restorative time with god in philippians because philippians is in jail and they're the famous words where he says rejoice in the lord always i'll say it again rejoice so anyway let's read this from verse 7 so remember who we're, who's writing this we have this treasure so this treasure is the gospel and the gospel message and the hope and everything that that brings in jars of clay the jars of clay are his body that's been so beat up on and stuff to show that the all-surpassing power is from god this all-surpassing power is from god and not from us so look at look at look look what he's living with here so this is the rock in the shoe right we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed. For we who are alive are always being given over to death but for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. Death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So these last few verses, right? The real danger of a light and momentary trouble is that you look at the rock in your shoe and you just, as you're trying to get on with life and walk up that mountain of life, or whatever, you just go, this is never going to change. This thing is not going away. And it's not the first few minutes that count, it's the months and the years later. And the real danger is losing heart, losing hope, not wanting to live anymore. Like just that's, that's the real danger in these times. Like life is still so amazing and beautiful with God, even in these times. So look at what he says here. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, our, and I just, I just, like this thing just drips with irony, verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles, like all the things we just <laughs> outlined, light and momentary, good on you, Paul, light and momentary, you know, shipwrecks, beatings, persecutions, jail, terrible, terrible things that happened to him. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So he's not saying here that his light and momentary troubles are light and momentary because they're not important, that eternal glory, whatever it is, he's saying this light and momentary trouble, that rock in your shoe, it's achieving something for you that you can't yet see. But when you do see it, it's going to be so magnificent. When you see it, you're going to go, that was nothing. That was a light and momentary trouble. The shipwrecks, the persecutions, the whippings, the beatings, the people that hated him, drove him out of town, even the snake on the hand, Addy. So he's saying they're achieving for us in this eternal glory. So that ultimate existence somehow is connected to our light and momentary troubles now. And it's making, making that existence so much more. The character that God designed us to have is the character that will operate in intimacy with him and oneness with him. So I don't think God minds for us to have some suffering if it draws us closer to him. If you look at the very start of this, and if you look at even Philippians 2, it's all about 
if you are united with Christ, if you're encouraged by that, then, you know, kind of share it and that kind of thing. But but I'll just finish these last couple of verses. And, and you know, Nicole, I don't know exactly how it's achieving it for us. I just know that somehow in the future we'll look back and we'll go, wow, these momentary troubles, they were light and momentary in the light of glory, in the light of the, the new kingdom, the new heavens, the new earth, the new super bodies, that kind of thing. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we waste away, inwardly we are being renewed, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So look at this next bit. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So you might this week read all Second Corinthians 4, you'll see a lot of suffering that Paul has, but also these magnificent words that pierce that light and momentary trouble. Philippians, maybe have a look at Philippians, particularly Philippians 2. Practically, maybe we should be as a church praying at seven. Maybe so really looking, you know, at your budgets to go, okay, if you've got a stable income flow and you're pretty happy that you're going to have a stable income because of the job that you're in, go, okay, well, not so much how much do I need to live, but how much can I afford to give as well? So what's the minimum and how can I help other people? That's going to be really important, I think, in our country. And then, Lord, teach me, teach me every day, teach me your ways through this whole COVID situation and what is restorative, what is restorative to your soul. Does that sound fair? So we'll be a YI communion. So we're going to remember the Lord Jesus now in our quarantined sections. But as we um, as we come into this time of communion, remember all through history, people have remembered the Lord Jesus in terrible times. So let me let me pray as we and, and then I'll roll into this um, this passage here. Lord Jesus, we come now to remember you, to remember your body broken for us, your, your blood spilt for us. I remember your magnificent words in Isaiah 53 that by your wounds we are healed, that you were crushed for our iniquities and pierced for our transgressions and the punishment that brought us peace was upon you. Surely you have carried our diseases and our infirmities. Whatever happens, you have carried them for us. We have no fear or need have no fear. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Thank you that you've brought us back into union with you because of this meal that we're about to have and because of everything that it represents. Pray that we would walk in close union with you. Even now we feel the light and momentary trouble in our shoe or under our watch. And we know that when we go out of here, we will have them, but you are our shepherd. When it gets darker, you'll draw closer. Thanks, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. For I receive from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Okay, break your bread or your cracker or whatever you've got. This is my body, which is for you. That's amazing. For you. For you, Camille, Addie, Zali, Nicole, Luke, Jenny, Becky, Johanna, Carrie. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's do that in remembrance of him. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, thanks for this time together. Thanks for, thanks for the spirit. And Lord, I pray that we would know in ways that we never had before the fullness of your spirit over the coming months. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, you can, you can take it out. It'll, it, just don't give it to anyone else because now it's no longer sterilized. You could take it home and put it on your desk. And just remember that this doesn't stop you from drawing close to God. <laughs> symbols. Symbols are very important. I've got clean ones there if you want to take one home. Actually, maybe throw it in the bin. I don't want to pick up your manky thing that's been in your shoe. Uh, we'll just take it week by week. I don't know what's going to happen next week. Who knows? But <laughs>
I'm making me wish I'd bought one. I feel hungry. Where's your light and momentary trouble, Zali? <laughs> Show me. Is it, are you tricking us? You can keep that, Zali. Keep it. Take it home. Put it on. Put it on your bedside table. You didn't know it was going to be that. No, got a bedside table. Oh, put it on your. Put it on your mum's bedside table, and go. This is a light and momentary trouble that's going to achieve for you an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You remember that? <laughs> that was a lot of words. Just say this is a light and momentary trouble that's good for you in the long run. Short-term trouble, long-term gain.